Oh God! Let's edit that one out. Yeah, Mark, you left a good Mark, good split. I floated. Two. I just floated that one there. Greetings and welcome to Mount Rushmore. My name is Jeff, and I'm your host. I'm going to speak softly in a way that is satisfying to you. Joining me, as always, are my good friends Richard, hello, and Michael. Welcome, Michael and Richard are always in agreement. Anything they can do to be in harmony and congruous intonation as they discuss things. Actually, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Today's topic is the Mount Rushmore Satisfying Sounds. Richard, you chose it. Why? Um, Because sounds are awesome. Yeah, and I, I, you know what I was, I was I Richard Manfredi, pro sounds. I like sounds. <laughs> I think I was at a soccer game, and it's not one of my choices. But somebody kicked, like the goalie kicked a ball, and it just made this perfect like thwack kind of sound. <laughs> and I thought that's a really good sound. I'm we gl- need to I'm talk gl- more about sounds. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't like the vuvuzela, and just like this like bee nest, I'm beehive guy, sounding. I'm the guy who's, annoying thing that's you know, just you, like buzzing around. Yeah, you know how most people have like the uh, nature sounds to go to sleep. Yeah, I just have Vivian blow a vuvuzela. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, do sounds have an agenda? A sound can be good. Can a sound be, can be bad? I'm sure it could. Well, it could can it can be displeasing? Yeah, I think there are certain sounds we all agree are very unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Tiny owls in the distance. Tiny owls in the distance. An, air, an airplane when you're trying to record a, prod, a podcast, for example. We have hovercraft. We have hydrofoil. Bigfoot. We have the Sasquatch who walks by. <laughs> we got everything you want here at the Jeff Hopkins Podcast Studio. The fun house. Uh, Richard, I'm going to give you, this is unusual breach of etiquette, but I'm going to give uh-huh. you the opportunity to choose it and then to start it. Do you want okay. to take that? Sure. Awesome. Oh, wait, I thought you were giving me the opportunity. I just said, sure, I'll take the opportunity. Okay. But Michael can go first. Ah, shit. Okay, <laughs> Michael, uh, Richard chose the topic. You uh, you start. Uh, okay, my first pick is when you pop open a can of Pillsbury Crescent Rolls. Ooh, that's a good one. Because I, I liked, there's a couple things I like about this. I, I really keyed in, keyed in on the word satisfying. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it works 100% of the time. No. Like you can you can unwrap the foil and the paper and then it like explodes and you're like, oh, God damn yeah. it. Do you and, sometimes, but sometimes you like, there's that slow peel. Yeah. And then it, it just has that perfect like, uh-huh. and you're just like, crescent roll time. You like nailed it. <laughs> Got what, it. Real you, sense of satisfaction. How's your that? spoon game? Like when you sometimes have to, do you ever go in with a spoon or something if it doesn't open? If you do the paper and it doesn't open? I, it's been a while. No, has I, the technology improved? Because I remember when I was doing that. <laughs> has spoon technology improved or crescent paper, roll. paper tube wrap? And I, maybe it's the cheapo Kroger version yeah, of yeah. that stuff that I used to get where sometimes you'd tear off the paper and you're in mortal fear because mm-hmm. sometimes it pops and it's just as scary. Yeah. But uh, sometimes you would tear off the thing and you'd be all afraid for nothing because it never would pop. Yeah. But then you so now you got to reach in the drawer and grab a spoon and kind of push against the seam. Oh yeah, and try to just get it to like. Yeah, yeah. That's a very unsatisfying sound. That's slow. What? what another thing I liked about it is it's kind of like a jack in the box, like because you're just like you're. You don't know if it's going to, and you're just like, is it gonna, is it gonna do it? Is it gonna do it? And then it's just like, yeah. Pop. I feel I feel like a champagne cork is in the same. Sort of thing, like, am I going to get this thing to pop correctly? Yeah. Or is it just, or am I going to, like, 
break the cork. Or is off New Year's Eve going to be ruined again? <laughs> My, exactly. <laughs> Champagne cork has has a couple of different ways you can go depending on like what your night's like. Uh-huh. If you're like in super party mode, yeah, and you want that cork to just, you can make that thing just like really pop and <laughs> shoot across the room. But then if you're just like, uh, you know, I'm going to put this towel over the, the edge of it. I'm just going to eve it out and just going to like. <laughs> it's also, or if it's not super party mode, but um, this brunch with Aunt Linda isn't going to be very <laughs> rocking. <laughs> and I need as much for these orange juice mimosas as I can. <laughs> I better save this horrible champagne. It's funny. We're we're not like, we don't have crescent rolls or like those, you know, cinnamon rolls all that often. Right. But every once in a while, Emily, like every like, Four months. Yeah, she'll come home from the store and we'll have one, and it's just like, all right, it's on. I think what's so powerful about this choice and so impressive, Michael, is that you have a sound that is directly associated with a smell, and Mm. smell is like I think one of the senses that invokes memory most instantly. So, I mean, sound is obviously you know if you hear. Something invoke it can invoke a memory, but like somebody told me that smell is is more powerful than sound, so it's kind of like liars. a double whammy. Who, who told you that? They're liars. <laughs> I'm sure. I think it was the television. Uh, I think well, the television told me that. I think it was BuzzFeed did a of the five senses. Oh, really? Did, did they rank a them? listicle of the five senses? <laughs> what would, would sound not have made the Rushmore of five oh, senses? Oh, you know what it was? it was? You won't believe what podcasts smell like. It was Click one. Here. It was one of those shows where they get like stand-up comedians and commentators. It was called "I Love the Senses." That's right. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. They just, they just talked about different senses. Was Michael Ian Black involved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. <laughs> I saw Kathy some, Griffin talk about the senses, different senses. I saw some random complaint on Reddit. Now we're off the rails. Um, where someone had talked about like, oh, I know there's a distinct feeling of what the 80s feels like and what the 90s feels like. Yeah. And they said, but the last like 17 years haven't felt like anything. It's because they haven't done an I love the... Yeah. A, a really good I love the version of the 80s or, or of the, the 2000s. Uh, 2000s and now. Yeah. We need right. one of those. Where Help us, Michael Lane, back <laughs> your only hope. <laughs> to get back on the topic of Crescent Rolls Please, real quick. thank you. Pigs in a blanket. Mm. They're really good. Oh, this is a sidebar. Yeah, sort of sidebar. but Not the sound of pigs in a blanket. Well, if they're actual pigs and they're squealing when you bite into (laughs) them. It's cuddly, yeah. Yeah, but (laughs) I just want to throw out there. They're really good. Okay, I feel like Richard's trying to bite your style, piggyback on the... I, 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 like obviously, you're getting points for this, but like, okay, all right, let's move on. Okay, Richard. Wait, wait, no, no. What are you? What are you accusing me of here? That you're J'accuse. J'accuse. You're you're like the politician. After one politician successfully says, like, yeah, I believe in family values, and then we go, oh, me too. I also believe. I in believe. Family in, I believe in more family values. <laughs> more family, than family double values. family values. So my first one is the twang of a doorstopper. Oh wow! Like one of those old school. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. like the coil ones that yeah. has like the little hard rubber yeah. stopper on the end. Mm-hmm. Are those only in southern doorstoppers only have that twang, or is it? <laughs> well, there's a there's a midwestern version is of it, really? but it's more nasally <laughs> than anything else. The New York is just kind of like yeah, grating mawkish and annoying. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember being a kid and we had one in my room. And sure, it's a great toy. Oh God, there were times where you know I'd have my Hot Wheels or God knows what else I'd have. I could spend a half hour just <laughs> the stupid thing over and over. You know, in previous episodes, we talked about Richard's um, uh, past musicality and yeah. learning to play like the bass and right. the drums. That's no, how I learned, that's no, how I learned no. how to play the uh, juice harp right there. It's just that 
and then later on the whole John Zorn album is just all that <laughs> stuff right <laughs> you know basically you're halfway to like a, a theremin if you're just doing it it's just fun it's, it's rhythmic you can kind of it's semi-drum-esque it. you guys could have like uh, let off the afternoon at Coachella you popping open uh <laughs> Biscuits and Twinger. It's starting to sound very feel very blue man group. Yeah. Like one of the uh, bits that got thrown out, like somehow one of the blue guys is there twanging one of those. We, if we can just sample this stuff, we're definitely hitting the road. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're, you're, well, let's see let's see how many other choices on our list we can get in there. I feel this group. most of them. Your predilection for the Twanger is is it bring does evoke childhood memories? I think it really does. It yeah. also re, it brings me down to kind of kid level, the kid I view that you view the world from. That's very right. evocative. Yeah. yeah, and I think the idea of just having this thing that was so simple mm-hmm. and not made for whatever it you know using it and and kind of getting sound out of it in a way that it wasn't meant to be. I remember just being a kid, and yeah, I had pots and pans and I would play drums on them. And mm-hmm. you know, when you're a kid, you just make sound out of whatever. Yeah happens to be available and for me i was you know back home a few weeks ago going through my parents house cleaning up some stuff and yeah i saw that thing and i was like huh that's still there <laughs> gave it a few good whacks <laughs> 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 it. felt pretty good there's something ah, about the first <laughs> friend yes <laughs> don't uh, ever change uh twanger <laughs> um first this first draft of toy story and twanger <laughs> just a real yeah. andy and twanger stuck in the room together the poor version of like, <laughs> Toy Story. Here's, here's my first friend Pillsbury, and those from the the, the Mexico studio Pixar. <laughs> the the, uh, the the times I how I was sent to my room for being rambunctious or an idiot or teasing my sister. There's that kind of time where you uh, sent to your room, basically told to to shut up, go to your room, and the. Maybe you start reading some of your books or playing with your Legos, and the world kind of dials itself down to this quiet place. And I can see that twanger maybe being something you do while the door is shut. You know, yeah, I definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I do believe it. Yeah, it could have been one of those things. I, I think I actually remember a couple of times being in my room and being mad and just going burr, 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 <laughs> just to piss my mom off in the uh, living room right next door. Uh, okay, all right, uh, Michael, your second. Uh, this. My second choice is from a video from two years ago that I saw on, I don't know, let's say Facebook. Uh, But it is a falling snow shovel that sounds like the (laughs) opening guitar riff from Smells Like Teen Spirit. Oh, this is incredible. (laughs) Um, Okay, for this thing is so stupid. I think it's stupid and wonderful because it's perfect. It's in perfect uh, note or key. It's the perfect amount of time in which these three parts of this shovel fall and hit the ground. Yeah. And it reminded me something of something that uh, Emily and I do, or we used to do, uh, which was this game called Faces and Places. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where uh, there's an actual condition or there's a, a, it's a phenomenon called a periodi- periodia. Which is does it involve yodeling? Does it involve Slim Whitman? It's when you the whole Oldley family went to my junior high, and Perry was just the weirdest of all the kids. <laughs> it's when you see like a face in like an electrical socket, or you see like a gathering of cl- clothes together, uh-huh. 
and it kind of looks like a face. Oh, that has a name, periodlia. Yeah. Wow. So that's that. That's like the human brain's condition to do that. Mm-hmm. And I like the I, I kind of attribute it in a certain sense of when you happen to hear something that sounds so much like something else. And in this video, it was just it just hit all three notes perfectly. And in time too. And in time, I think that that's what it was. Like it's obviously not faked. Like with the video, this guy is like falling ass over tea kettle, and right. and you know the shovel just <laughs> hits in these in these three perfect moments, and you can't like recreate. You could try to recreate that, but like you'd never quite get it. Yeah, right. There's it, a whole genre of these now online where there people have found kind of like everyday sounds or sound mm-hmm. sound An- bites that sound yeah. like music. Another bits. another. <laughs> one pick that I almost went with for this instead, but I I like this one better was like this compilation of videos of things sounding like Chewbacca. Oh, fun! <laughs> where it's just like a soda can sliding across a table or like doors, uh, uh, like a, a a desk drawer like yeah. being stuck, and yeah. it just kind of has that Chewbacca sound. <laughs> but this this one being that it turned into the song and just the perfect video edited together. Yeah. it was just I lo- so. So delightful and so satisfying. Uh, the 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 phenomena of this thing called the internet that is observing so the minutia of life with too much time on, on its hands <laughs> that allows it to make that comparison. And I think the phenomena of every digital, every piece of music and every sound being all living together in the same laptop yeah. allows <laughs> to make these comparisons we may never have associated in the past. Okay, so far... Um, that's winning. You guys are losing, but that choice will win. That's okay. What that means. All right. I don't know. I don't know either. All right. Uh, Richard, your second. Okay. So this one, I think, goes similarly to the Pillsbury mm. uh, popping of that. And this would be a beer can opening. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, literally, when it opens, it sounds like it says, <sighs> Yeah. It is literally telling you that alcoholic refreshment. Kind of sounds like freedom a little bit. Come in your right. Sounds like America uh-huh. a mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. I think that's really one of the the key reasons to get your beer in a can instead of a bottle is just the sound, that feeling of pulling it. You get a little bit of tension there with the, the, the with, with the pull tab. Yeah. And it just hits right. And it's like Ksh. Was that so you know, the the media that supports it television has been the backdrop to every experience that I've had throughout my entire life. But te- television advertising and its potency to create these associations in your mind between positivity and recreation and entertainment and this product mm-hmm. has why, why not coke why not um uh, welch's or something like that was it the beer yeah was it the bush beer ad right wasn't it that, that they kept, had like that made the, that the sound very like look for the mountains of bush then have like the beer. beer yeah so i think that yeah that may that may stick somehow Do you that think may so? have been like something that stuck the, the crack but then but i feel like that's also you know if it, you cra- don't if it, it cracked it, open and like black tar oozed out you wouldn't it wouldn't yeah. be as satisfying well it's bush beer <laughs> okay so it's pretty similar. okay you do do the head for the mountains of bush and then don't say anything after that okay head for the mountains of bush twang beer <laughs> so i did the twanger that was okay do you think? Are you thirsty? Well, I could always have a beer. Oh, right. but I, but you, I, I think you do see that in like a soda commercial sometimes. But yeah. I feel like in ninety percent, especially when we were growing up, yeah, of beer commercials, 
you have yeah. that some sound and scene of yeah, someone I, cracking open a cracking over open a, a tall boy. I think the mo- the more satisfying sound associated with soda as opposed to beer is like if you see like a big cup of Coca Cola, like yeah, and like it's fizzing, fizz, fizzing, fizzing yeah, and fizzing. like an ice and everything. Or I if think, you hear somebody doing this, Richard is nursing off a cow. <laughs> yes, well, that's my third choice. Sorry, <laughs> nursing off a cow. But yeah, you're right. It's the fizzing. That's uh-huh. sort of what you associate with soda, right? It's yeah. the fizzy aspect of it. Yeah, I think. But, the, but with the, beer, I think there's like just like the immediacy of it too. Because it's that feeling of, it's that idea of, you know, boy, you're really you really need a beer after a hard day's work. <laughs> yeah, deserved a beer after yeah. I, you I, know weeding your lawn all day. Yeah, soda. When when you crack open a soda, it doesn't represent a shift in um, state. You, that's true you, yes you, with beer it's it's miller time it's quitting time it's whatever most most of the good of anything that you're going to do is, has ended <laughs> yeah you have lost all pro, all yeah. your productivity is done yeah. and now prepared to be turn yourself into a slug yeah basically i would also say the, the, the decline of television advertising towards beer and alcohol um might indicate that uh that sound you may associate from a time before you were even bef- when when alcohol and access to it was limited. So you oh, sure. m- might have been taboo. Oh sure, right? yeah, absolutely from the early eighties. And I think yeah. beer advertising has changed. It's not really so much about the beer and let's have a beer after a hard day's work. I mean, if you think about seventies, eighties. That's pretty much what it was. Mm-hmm. And I will say we did talk about Spuds McKinsey a couple. You know, R.I.P. A few R.I.P. The four went out for Spuds. <laughs> <laughs> a few episodes ago, and I think that was the first time I remember a, a beer commercial that really wasn't about the beer. It was about the lifestyle yeah. and drink this beer and be cool mm-hmm. versus like drink this beer because you're an alcoholic and you need a beer a beer to get help you get through the night. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you don't have that sort of visceral sort of feeling of let's open this up and get this party going. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I even just, you know, even for me, just you know, it's, it's it, when it's quitting time, it's cracking open a beer time, and that yeah. sound is just like I said, it just feels like freedom. You know, it's pretty good too. A box when you have a box of Franzia that's uh-huh. in the freezer in the ch- in the fridge, and you just like <laughs> uncork, unscrew it. Yeah, you hear the little plastic kind of the, ca- the cap come off, then <laughs> you just drip it into like just a little uh, fruit jar, like a mason jar. You know, it's high blood alcohol time. <laughs> Well, we hope we are the uh, soft, pleasing sounds in your ears and that you as a listener will uh, go out and try to find more of our pleasant sounds on iTunes. Download, listen, rate and review and lend us the pleasant sound of your review on iTunes. It really helps other people figure out whether our podcast is for them or not. And then go get that sound of that notification on Facebook when you join the Mount Rushmore podcast fan page or like or whatever you can do with the fan page and then you get a notification that some other schmuck also wrote a comment or joined so these are the pleasant sounds that you can get when you're involved uh, with us and tweet that's a sound and that's what you'll get when you go on twitter and follow mount Rushmore podcast on twitter and instagram and we are back uh we've been kind of zooming at the speed of sound for our pleasant sounds episode michael what's your third uh my next sound Can you do that, Michael? Mostly spit comes out when yeah. I do it. Can you do that? Doink. God, my next pick is so appropriate right now because it's the sound of silence. Oh, shit. 
Oh, oh my wow. God. You guys are, you guys really, oh. really stepped on Was that a, a really possible oh nice God. moment. Great. Hey, our guest Michael Winslow has arrived. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 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 it's a guitar. Because <laughs> he sounds like Jerry Lewis. What, what is so pleasant about this? What, okay, is silence the sound? I, I, I think growing up in L.A., where I've known no actual real silence, I've barely known quiet. The closest you get to quiet and silence. In Wait, LA. are you reading some poetry, or is this? A, are you actually competing in the show? Silence right now? in L.A. <laughs> S- silence <laughs> in L.A. As I smoke a cigarette, <laughs> that's the sound that I have to. I have to say those things because it doesn't actually sound like me smoke. So no. The, <laughs> All right, class. What do you think of microphone? <laughs> it's derivative. America is really big, and I haven't spent that much time within it. Oh my God! This is like more of your poetry. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> whether whether it's like going to like big national parks or whether it's just being out in like in a big expanse of nature, I've spent most of my time either in L.A. or Seattle or other real cities where there is only noise. Mm-hmm. And the quietest it kind of gets in L.A. is like right around Christmas when everyone is like oh, yeah. when half the city empties out mm-hmm. and you're it's you know eleven thirty at night, midnight, and you're like. Yeah, listen to how quiet it sounds, and then it's like you only hear one big rig kind yeah. of coming past yeah. you. You're like, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. well, it's close enough. Yeah. But um, what made me think about this was that uh, two years ago, uh, Emily and I went on our honeymoon to Iceland, and that country is empty. It's three hundred thousand yeah. people, and it's forty thousand square miles. It's basically the size of Indiana, but with nobody in it. With, oh, wait, you're talking about Indiana. <laughs> that that too. But um, but like, you know, the biggest city carries, you know, a third of the population and mm-hmm. we drove around the entire country. And you don't know what real silence is, what like the silence of nature is until you're out there by yourself and it's just like I don't I you're walking around and you hear nothing. It's like there'd be times when there'd be no, no wind and there's no trees and there's just nothing. And you're just like, wow, the, the earth is a big ball of nothing <laughs> at times. And I don't, it's when we talk about satisfying sounds to just kind of shut all that out mm-hmm. and be like, I don't hear anything. I can only really hear, you know, my own thoughts, which yeah. is uh, that's, that's not there. good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's, what, that's what this podcast is. Look at that's going. <laughs> and like, I've experienced like, it happens every once in a while. Like, like Richard joked about like Indiana, I've gone home with Emily to Indiana on Christmas and you can kind of hear like snowfall. Yeah. Or you hear like things like that, but there's still, there's still civilization. Mm-hmm. There's once mm-hmm. you get outside of civilization that does it get kind of weird. And I really appreciate that. And really it's like, I don't experience this as much as I should. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I think yeah. that's the, that, so I mean, you know, it's up to you to decide. Does that handsome man? <laughs> See that, Richard? You, cut, you throw out a compliment. Yeah. And hey, then that's I'm, all they remember. I'm uh-huh. blushing like a schoolgirl right now. <laughs> uh, well, I've, I'm fascinated that bringing up culture and city, like sound as an observation on the sound is the backdrop for the places where we live. And it's, it's, and you, you're talking about different cities too Seattle, LA, Reykjavik, or wherever you were. Like, mm-hmm. is it, I'm fascinated by the idea of sound as a signature for an for a, an environment and a, and a living. I think. Yeah. I think too. L.A. definitely sounds like something as well. It sounds like cars. Yeah. Like right. New York sounds like 
people. <laughs> getting getting uh, as as I yeah as I understand it from the movies, uh, some sort of gang running up and down, <laughs> and then trash being thrown out of a window. A doo-wop group, <laughs> and then, a and then like a, a pizza being thrown yeah. in the air. Chicago sounds like gunshots. Yeah, <laughs> um, but no, I I think you I think you're right. Yeah, L.A. like each cities have their individual sounds, uh-huh. and we're so car driven and motivated that I'm. Yeah. Sure, that's all I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, I've spent 30 something years of my life here. So. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Ricardo. Oh, is that me? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no hablo espanol. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't speak my name in Spanish. No. Um, my next one is The Sound of a Strike in Bowling. Oh, cool. Ooh. I never heard it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It's like a spare plus, <laughs> plus, 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 plus the sound of bumpers <laughs> when you put those up. <laughs> right. I, I think we've discussed my, my junior bowling. Uh, prowess here on the, the show before. Uh, Uncle Richard. So, and I, I did I did manage. No, to- I'd never heard of this. Have we? Uh, did we? I thought we did. Oh, yeah, I, I was know. a really good junior bowler, like tenth in the state. Oh California. wow, cool. Good. Oh wow, cool. Ta- no, what? When? What? How old were you? Was eighth grade? I think that's when uh-huh. I. Uh, that was like when I peaked, and then I screwed my shoulder up, and I can't oh. really do much. I, I like can't a, do as much anymore. But like a gymnast, you hit puberty, and it, your body changed. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why you don't really see any bowlers <laughs> are older than twelve or thirteen <laughs> on the tour anymore. <laughs> But yeah, I was a very good bowler. So and, and so maybe this again, this is something that may be, may kind of take me back to, you know, junior high, uh-huh. high school. But I still think, and I, I you know, if, if I'll be flipping through the channels and watching, you know, kind of happen upon a uh, a, a bowling uh, match on TV, because it's a two part sound. It is the sound of the ball going down the lane, which is a very specific kind of whirring almost sound of the ball, kind of as it's revving and going down the wood. The wood lane is so you get a little bit of that kind of wind up anticipation, and then when it when you get like especially a real solid pocket shot because you can have one of those ones that kind of hits light and kind of the pins kind of scatter and a few of them get knocked in. They kind of go out. They don't go down all at once. Bowling is like a haphazard thing for me where I don't even understand what happens. So like I don't. (laughs) There's nothing has ever happened the same time for me twice in bowling. There's no consistency with it. It's just yeah. Yeah. But you you've done it enough where you know the signature sounds of of the various hits. Yeah, of, okay. and and when it's that that pocket shot when you're the, you if you're a right hander it hits the one and the three at the same time and it just depends when they all kind of feel like they explode at once. Mm-hmm. It's a such a specific kind of sound because in other even with strikes you know the pins may go down split second different or mm-hmm. you know one kind of gets hit by another one. It doesn't sound quite the, quite the same when it's like a pure shot. It's almost like the difference between like a base hit in baseball versus like a no doubt home run. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very specific and mm-hmm. different sound. Mm-hmm. And like if you're at a bowling alley and you're in a tournament even and somebody gets like a real pure strike, you can hear it half the lanes over. Yeah. It's very specific. That's what Paul Newman turns around and he looks back. Looks back and sees Vince <laughs> with his bowling t shirt. No, so I no, it's it's a very like again, it may be something that's specific to me. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's it's just such a satisfying sound to hear, like just these that four pins that just, four or five seconds of of lead up. Yeah, it, I mean that's I think that's part of it. Yeah, too. that is part. It's, of it's, it. not, oh, it's yeah. not just like the pins falling down. It's the one, two, two three, and then kaboom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially mm-hmm. if you've thrown a good ball and you kind of have that sense of like, okay, this could be really good. This could be a strike. Yeah, you almost hear it as much as you see everything happening because mm-hmm. yeah, as soon as you hear it hit those two pins, it's like oh it. This is a strike. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they call it like sometimes if you throw a really good ball and the ten pin doesn't go go down, they call it a ringing 
10 pin. Oh. And I, very much for that reason. That mm-hmm. it's like, it sounds like it should be a perfect strike, but somehow this 10 pin uh-huh. kind of stayed up. I can imagine you like the montage of guy, cool guys walking away from explosions. Like yes. you walking away, not even looking, like a no look. Yeah, you strike. don't even just see it at that point. Just hear it. Yeah. By sound, you know how awesome you are. So, <laughs> what age is this for you? Uh, 12, uh, 13. Okay. And, and then through high school, although I, my shoulder started flaring up, so I, I kind of had to take time off mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, probably through high school. Were you also playing, what instrument were you playing? Uh, well, I played bass. Okay. Also played uh, sousaphone. Oh my God. that's what you, you can tell, you know, I got laid. Yeah. Bowling. <laughs> oh my God, you have like every, bowling, you're firing on all cylinders. Sousaphone. Yeah. Uh, wrestling. You like tennis. wrestling? Tennis. Ten- I liked wrestling. Oh, tennis. Okay. Um, I was in math competitions. Okay. I mean, basically, just had to beat women off of me with a stick. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I had to beat off. I'll just add that. Yeah, so that's what, that's what you would say after it gets added. Michael, uh, one, one last chance to be judged. My final <laughs> My final one. That sounded like a that sounded like a threat, by the way. Well, that's the that's the name of my metal album. <laughs> my final one is uh, along the lines of what Richard had brought up: a very specific childhood memory, mm-hmm. and it is from a movie called "Animals Are Beautiful People." Oh, and wow. it is the sound of the go away bird. The biggest nuisance in his life is the go away bird who seems to take pleasure in sabotaging him. It'll watch him stalking painstakingly up to his quarry and then tell it to go away. Such beautiful targets. That's fabulous. And we're having roasted bird tonight. <laughs> That's fabulous. Uh, it's, a, it's funny because my family will starve. <laughs> uh, this was a film by Jamie Uyes. Is that how you say it? He did the movie The Gods Must Be oh, Crazy. Oh, yeah, okay. It seemed like the same cast members. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's a documentary, but it's very heavily edited uh-huh. and very much story-driven. Yeah. And it's told in... Not quite tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. but it's told in a very playful manner. There's a whole sequence where these uh, elephants and baboons and other creatures uh, eat all of these for like fermented uh, fruit uh, that fall on the ground, uh-huh. and they stumble around and fall down, and uh, like they're drunk. Is there uh, an, is there like an intervention after that? <laughs> uh, there's an owl that swoops in that is just hoots softly, <laughs> um, but. This was a film that my dad would bring back from, he used to work at Warner Brothers Mm -hmm. in like overseas distribution or something for Mm -hmm. like years and years. And he'd bring back films from like the vault or whatever and you could check stuff out. And this was a movie that I had requested all the time. I just, I loved this movie and I loved it specifically for the (laughs) the go away bird where uh, the, the, African tribesman is kind of being documented and just the entire the entire sequence but just that damn bird <laughs> it's it's set up so perfectly and you know it's a documentary but it's kind of kind of not but it's it's like the thing I think of most when I think of like my dad uh-huh. and I think of like a, if I think of a sound with my dad it's 
<laughs> is it satisfying? So would you say it's satisfying? Is that a good phrase for it? Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't think, I don't know. It's satisfying in the memory aspect. It's, it, it's immediate- a joke you shared with your. As a bonding moment with your father. Yeah, probably like, my father and probably my sister too. Uh-huh. Like we probably grew up with, with like that and maybe like my dad doing some other dumb impression of like yeah. uh, a snagglepuss or auggie doggie <laughs> or something. My dad was definitely related to us through entertainment and jokes and humor and, and so I totally relate to that. That's something that he would, the type of thing that he would have shared with us. He introduced me to Monty Python and, and a lot of comedy that I just felt like my dad was... And this wasn't inappropriate for a young person to see, but I always felt like my dad was um, humor and laughing is often uh, conspir- feels kind of conspiratorial. You're almost you're laughing at somebody's fate, like this uh, hunter there, <laughs> and so it was kind of funny to laugh at at these things together. So that's that's cool. Is that real? Go away. Is it bird yeah, real? Yeah, the, the bird. The bird actually has a name. It is the, uh, the fuck off bird. <laughs> It's actually the fuck up bird. They needed a PG rating, though. Uh, it's called a gray lorry. Okay. The, the not gray. a Paul lorry. Not a Paul not lorry. Not a Paul <laughs> he, can go, he can go away as well. When, <laughs> when he dies and needs to come back to save the hobbits, he's gray lorry. lorry. That's such a great meta yeah. joke. Uh, Richard, this may be the last pick you ever make. Maybe. You never know. Yeah. Uh, my last pick is a good power chord. <laughs> Yeah, just grind, just grinding it out. Yeah, and maybe this just sort of came from growing up, and my brother's favorite band was probably the Ramones. Okay, and that's all the Ramones are. Yeah, literally just three power chords. Mm-hmm. And when I learned how to play guitar from my brother, mm-hmm. he basically only thing he knew were power chords. Yeah, so that's all I knew for like ten years was are, just power chords. Are are the bar chords power chords, or were we talking? Isn't that one you slide up and down, the kind of with when you're barring a different? Well, barring is yeah. Barring would be if you have say the shape of an A Uh that you would play open, but then if you want to do a B, you just do the same shape up two. Then you have your index finger across Mm -hmm. to sort of bring up, and then power chord would be more just. um, You're only playing three notes, Mm -hmm. so it's wherever the root of it is, the fifth, and then the. then the actually this is the, the guy who gets laid itself. in school. The guy who's this is this guy. <laughs> the guy who who won't shut up about music theory. Yes, I, I ladies don't. love music theory. That's what I know. You got a gorgeous wife, so obviously it all worked. Well, it finally worked out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but just that. So, so it's it's called a power chord because it's it's just basically these the root and then the next octave up and then it's the fifth mm-hmm. in between. So it's just there's no, it's not a major. It's not a minor. It's just whatever the most the chord is at the most basic level. You're talking such a foreign language to me. I like I took one like music class and we learned to play like garbage things on the recorder. Right. And then that <laughs> Scarborough <then>, Fair. Like <laughs> green yeah, sleeves. Basically. Green sleeves. Everyone knows how to play green sleeves on the recorder. But but though I love music, like talking about music, I like I like I just learned recently that a chord is like multiple notes at the same time. Oh what? yeah. I don't I never really paid attention well, to any of that. doesn't seem like that's you need to be a musician to know that. That just I never, seems like you need to like be aware that a piano has more than one, one no, key. No, I I just didn't know that that's what it was called. 
What, like, did, you, what did you think it was called? I, I don't know. Notes. I I'd heard the term, but like I didn't have like I didn't have that huh. sort of like experience. Like, oh, I'm gonna play a chord. Okay. Yeah. So so, so D minor. Like, so D minor being the saddest of all chords. Did when they say he said D minor, oh, it's a chord. Yeah. Did you oh, not? Sorry. <laughs> did you not? Did that oh, joke so sort sad. of half go over your head? Is it like if somebody is explaining like how, um, like atoms bond with each other? It's like yeah, I kind of get it, but yeah, I just eh. I never I never had the interest in it to pursue it past what I know I liked listening to, and like huh. it was just like I've never played a guitar, I've never played an instrument. To be fair, you only like twee music, so I don't know that there's a power chord in any <laughs> song that you actually yeah, like. I, I so to be fair, yeah, I don't think like the music theory is a found or even like necessary part of an education so it's not like in to my point i i learned power chords and that's all i knew for 10 years because i didn't know uh-huh. how to make like a minor chord or anything like that i just knew how to do like i said the blitzkrieg pop like like i understand what what they do, what it is i just i don't understand how you get there like like when you're like oh you go down a fifth like yeah uh, what all of that is so sure it's interesting but it's so foreign. it's just something yeah. different yeah no i get that and the whole point, I think, of a power chord is that you don't really need to know. I can teach any. Jeff's got a guitar right there. I could show you. The... Well, I could. I can have you playing a, a power chord in like ten seconds. That's kind of the point, I think, of I'm the power chord. I'm gonna get this guitar. No, 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 no we're, we're good. <laughs> okay, no, we're good. <laughs> what? I'm just gonna play this twanger in the behind your door. <laughs> twanger, <laughs> and he's gonna get the Pillsbury. <laughs> like, a power Pillsbury. And we've re- 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 recreated Skiffle, I think. <laughs> yes, we did. But it's again, it's like. Um, I know Pete Townsend has said basically he doesn't want to play anything where he has to play more than three strings at the same time. Oh. So if you listen to like those Who songs, the guitar yeah. parts aren't incredibly complex. Yeah. And a lot of times they're just kind of power chords and things like that, mm-hmm. which are just these, like I said, just la- if you can picture somebody is picking up guitar and going, bang, yeah. that's a power chord. I like that all of your picks so far, maybe except for the metal door twanger, have, they've all been pretty visceral. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like the beer can being open, or whether it's like the bolt, the strike. I would even see the it's, twanger is pretty vis- visceral because mm-hmm. it's like you're yeah. hitting it and it's kind of making that kind of whack whenever you yeah. hit it. So, yeah, probably. It's, I think it's a combination of the whole sensory experience uh-huh. kind of triggered with sound. I'm glad you guys are analyzing each other because I'm having a hard time analyzing <laughs> you. Analyze this. <laughs> Analyze this. Um, so these gentlemen have each. Register it into the vault and bring it back to the vault, you guys, because oh, the sound. sound effect has the sound. <laughs> is that actually your choice? <laughs> yeah, my, my sound effect is the vault. Satisfying uh, sound, yeah. Yeah, guys, I got this vault when I was a child. And my uh-huh. dad left my mom, um, and he said, Son, I don't have much to give you, but this vault, carry it with you throughout your whole life. This thing weighs four tons. I've moved it to every apartment, every home I've ever lived in, and uh, it once stopped a bullet for me. Oh, really? Yeah. The bullet wasn't shot out of a gun or anything. I was just kind of rolling across the floor <laughs> as I was trying to load a pistol. Mm. Um, and this vault has been very helpful to me. So that's my choice. And that's why I'm going to lock all your uh, suggestions in. And I'm spinning it. And I'm spinning it. The tumbler. Okay. And um, what what I find fascinating about each of your choices, because they shoot like, like any kind of uh, assertion that we make in life, it is, shows your relationship to the world. And... I I think Michael was correct when he asserted that your choices were very dynamic 
and had some kind of power behind them. Is that right? Yeah. And they all, all definitely seem like kind of an expression of uh, freedom or power or the lust for power or or somebody who maybe is an isolated young man who's stuck in his room, has nothing really to do. Maybe he's in a timeout or something like that. So you're saying my life is in timeout. I, I think your life... Mm. I think you have not settled for your situation and you've always done things, A, to try to get women to find you attractive and B, to, to kind of demonstrate power. And okay. so here's a young man who's using this doorstopper to try to piss off his mom. Uh-huh. And also this is very Freudian because all of these are in relation to women. And here's a young man who's trying to show his athletic prowess and show his skills as an athlete, which a bowler kind of qualifies as. Sort of like a poker player. Yeah. So all of these expressions of dynamic power. Here's a young man who's 26 years old. He's trying, trying, trying to find. He's finally trying beer for the first time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the same young man is wants to write a melancholy song like Ryan Adams might, Summer of '69 or something like that. Not not Ryan Adams. Brian Adams. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> and so you grab that power cord to take you back to this age of nostalgia where. Bands like the Ramones or Boston or you know Journey, this anthemic rock or simple punk, and uh, so I, th- I think it has to do with n- your nostalgia is related to your your expansion as an adult. This analytical thread that I've gotten in the podcast has not helped assess it. It's just really kind of I'm I'm finding out a lot a lot about myself. Okay, though, okay, Jeff. So that's important. This is a lot less expensive than going to therapy every yeah. week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really say. is. And Michael, I, what I love about the the observations because they do definitely seem to be part of your relationship to your surroundings from like a day to day lifestyle standpoint, you know, and and your relationship with the people around you, your relationship to the city around you, your relationship to your father with this uh, clip from this movie that you both enjoyed, um, your relationship to the internet with that clip from uh, the snow falling snow shovel, and then. Your desire to bring sweet, sweet goodness to everyone through the Pillsbury um, crescent rolls. So, if I poke Michael in the stomach, will he go? <laughs> we'll find out. Let's find out later. <laughs> um, but I like Richard's choices for the most part more than Michael's this time around because uh, I think they very much come from a visceral place and they seem very honest. Whereas Michael's just usually full of shit. And um, so, uh, Richard, I'm going with strike and bowling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beer can opening, power cord, and Michael, just because it's so ridiculous, I'm going with the Pillsbury Crescent Rolls. <laughs> That's a good one. Because, guys, this episode is brought to you by Pillsbury. Hmm. Guys, let's go make some uh, some of those delicious yeah. Crescent Rolls if I've heard so much about. If you're listening to this episode, uh, you can go to any participating store and get a free can of Pillsbury Crescent just, Rolls. Just mention the Mount Rushmore podcast. <laughs> mention the Mount Rushmore podcast. So, uh, Richard, you win this one, but audience, really, you win because you get free Pillsbury Crescent Rolls at participating uh, grocery stores. So ask them if they're participating when you walk in first before you take them and just steal them. Or just don't, don't. All right. Okay. I'm going to get into my vault. This has been Mount Rushmore. My name is Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. 